until you find a doctor that is really educated on hyperemesis, you're just not going to get the proper treatment. So we need more awareness with journal articles and studies to show these doctors, hello, help us, you know, even with nausea and vomiting in pregnancy, it's miserable. People are miserable during pregnancy and it's just not treated as it should. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama and 30. I'm Bailey. And I'm Carrie. And the Messy Mom Podcast is all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health and wellness, infertility, mom guilt, and of course, the craziness that comes with raising a family. So if you would like to live on this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review as this helps other mamas learn to embrace the messy with us. So get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's get started. Hey, hey, mamas. Welcome to another episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bailey and Carrie here. You know it. We did bring a guest on for you this time. We did. Not a coffee chat session. Actually, it's a it's a very serious topic. We're excited for you to listen to it. Our guest did an amazing job of it. So our guest is Marissa, and she is actually a women's health nurse practitioner, and she is – this is her second pregnancy. She is pregnant with two twin boys, which we learned they're identical. You'll hear about that crazy story too on the episode. But she's struggling with high premises, and if you don't know, you're about to I – I only knew a little bit about it. I've heard of it. I – honestly knew not too many details, but it's severe nausea and vomiting for anyone who doesn't know what it is. Marissa gets into the details, but I mean, wow. Yeah. And Marissa is a good friend of mine. We actually met through Pure Bar. We were both Pure Bar instructors and we both had our first child within about six weeks of each other. So we're pretty good friends during pregnancy. I went to her for a lot of things, a lot of questions because she is a woman's health nurse practitioner and knows a lot about women's health, obviously. And I think for me, just being close with Marissa and seeing this firsthand, I also have learned so much about hyperemesis. I didn't know how severe it actually is. I thought it was, you know, intense nausea and vomiting, but I didn't know to the degree of how bad it can be. And so like Carrie said, I think this is just going to be really eye-opening for a lot of women. And even though it is a challenging subject, a serious subject, Marissa does such a nice job of explaining it. She has a great attitude and it's pretty amazing how she has this attitude with everything that she's gone through. I was, I mean, yes. I mean, to, for her to even agree to come on and speak to us, not not knowing when, when or if she's going to vomit. She's mm-hmm. 25 weeks along at the time of this recording. And yeah, just like Bailey said, it was, you know, it's some people are like, well, why would you do a podcast on this topic? And it's, Bailey and I like to bring things, as you know, topics that aren't covered, that people like to avoid sometimes controversial, but we like to bring topics that need awareness. And we just felt this was one of those. And 
Marissa was the perfect person in the perfect situation. Not perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect is probably not the best term, but she is. And she did a great job of just kind of talking through her experience. And we think you're going to get a lot from this episode. So sit back, relax, and we hope you learn something new. Hey, Marissa, welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. We're excited to have you. I think this is going to be a really helpful conversation for so many mamas, and I'm I'm excited to hear your story. Yeah, nausea, vomiting, and pregnant. <laughs> Son of women, even though I happen to be on the more severe side. Oh, yeah. Before we dive into all the goodness, <laughs> why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, school, family, hobbies, anything you want to share? Awesome. So I grew up in Carmel, Indiana. And I'm a wife. I'm a mom to a little boy named Baker who turns two this summer. I am pregnant right now with identical twin boys, so a full boy mama. <laughs> Woohoo! With this whole hyperemesis, I've officially taken a step back, and I'm fully staying at home as a stay-at-home mom now. But previously, I went to school to be a women's health nurse practitioner. So. I know a little bit about this kind of stuff. I attended um, Indiana University for my undergrad and then Vanderbilt University for my master's. Started my career in Chicago. Then my husband and I made our way back to Carmel area and we're starting our family pretty quick right off the here. That's super exciting though. And Marissa, can you just tell everyone how you found out that you were having twins? Because I just think it's a really great story. I can. So I had pretty bad nausea and vomiting with Baker, my first, but nothing like this. So I took a pregnancy test because I could not stomach anything and was so nauseous when I literally was three weeks pregnant. I was so confused. With my background in medical knowledge, I was like, it's not even possible to be nauseous this early. How? How? So I took a pregnancy test. My husband thought I was literally insane at the time. (laughs) Flash positive immediately. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if it could be twins. Totally joking at the time. You even said that when we went on a play date together. Yeah, went on a play date with Bailey. Hadn't even missed my period yet. Was dry heaving on the way there. Very confused. I was like, is this twins? I'm so confused. So my first day at work that I was pregnant was five weeks, two days, and I was just throwing up in every patient room. And I was like, what is going on? Something is wrong here. So I stepped out and did an ultrasound on myself because I was like, I need to know. (laughs) There's like an alien in there or something. That's so great. You can even do that. Yeah, it it was very So I did an ultrasound with my ultrasound tech, and there were two sacs. At the time, one sac had a very small fetus in it, and the other had nothing in it. It was empty. So I texted Bailey, actually, and a couple other girlfriends, and was like, I think I have what's called vanishing twin syndrome, which vanishing twin syndrome is very common. It's when two babies implant, but then only one of them makes it. And I was like, that's why I'm so nauseous. I figured it out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it through this. So as time goes on, the nausea and vomiting is getting so severe. I have to stop work completely. I can't keep any food or drinks down. Needing IV fluids, trips to the ER, and finally they do an ultrasound, and there are 
there are two two real babies in there. And I knew right when they put the probe inside me. I know how to read ultrasound. A lot of cuss words flew out my mouth. <laughs> you know, if you already have one kid and you just are expecting one and then there's two, it's just very shocking because one baby's hard. And um, yeah, so there were two. My husband is very cool, calm, collected. I literally don't think he reacted in any sense of the word. But I literally could not breathe. I, I took my mask off. I was just sweating. I was like, there's two, there's two. And there, there we are with identical twin boys. And they're, they're identical, but they're in different sacks, right? Right. So they are the safest type of twins, which are called die-die twins. So they have their own placentas and their own sacks, which means they split very, very early on, which is probably why I got that very bright pregnancy test so early and felt those intense nausea symptoms so early. Is that common to have identical twins in separate sacs? So 90% of die-die twins are fraternal. So I saw the two separate sacs and two separate placentas and we're like, oh, great, fraternal twins. Let's get my girl, you know, one girl, one boy. (laughs) Fingers crossed here. But genetics came back that they were identical. So will they look alike then? Is like, I mean, that's yeah. most, or does that not mean they're that? identical? They'll be that is crazy. Identical. Even though they're in two different, that is bizarre. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, it's very rare. And like a lot of doctors who went to medical school a long time ago don't even know that die die twins can be identical. So I told my uncle and he was like, that's not possible. They're fraternal if they're die die. Then he was like, oh, I just read a medical journal, learned something new today. Look at you teaching other people, right? <laughs> I like it. I, I didn't know either. I was like, what do you mean when she called and told me that? And I think you sent me a text and it was like, oh, my bleeping, you know what? <laughs> They're twins. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I think my jaw hit the floor. Oh, like, wow. What? The thing about hypnosis is you don't feel well, so it kind of steals the joy of telling people about your pregnancy in a happy, fun way. Because I would love to go back and tell people it's twins and get their true reaction. But I was so sick, I just texted everyone. And I was like, there's two. I can't believe it. What in the world? Just thanks for sharing that with us. I just think it's a fun story to learn, not the nausea and how you were feeling, but just Finding out that it's twins is always very interesting to me, yeah. very fun. And since I was kind of there, I wanted you to share that. <laughs> yeah. There, as in you texted me later. Yeah. For sure. So we're here to talk about something pretty serious, hyperemesis, something that you have endured and you're familiar with. And as a women's health uh, nurse practitioner, you can kind of give a little bit more insight too. So before we kind of jump into that, can you just explain what hyperemesis is and how is it different from someone who has what we'll call morning sickness, even though we know that sickness can happen at any time of the day? So hyperemesis is essentially, in just basic terms, severe nausea and vomiting in pregnancy, which then causes other issues. Those other issues being dangers to mom and baby or babies, dehydration, extreme weight loss, and starvation. So it's different from morning sickness in the severity of it. 
if you do not treat severe morning sickness appropriately and timely, it can actually turn into hyperemesis. So I've done so much research now looking back, you know, I always wonder, could I have stopped it from progressing to hyperemesis if I were to have known what was coming with this twin pregnancy? But there is a great website called hyperemesis.org, which is the leading researcher, and they kind of go through the differences between. So one, the first thing is with normal morning sickness, you lose just a little bit of weight. A lot of people lose between three and five pounds. They don't have a huge appetite. They have major food aversions. Carbs are the only thing that sounds good. Kind of really the only thing, what most people think of when they think of typical morning sickness. With hyperemesis, it's typically considered with most doctors losing at least 5% of your body weight, but some even do 10%. So I started out at 125 pounds and was down to 115 pounds in a week and a half period. So I mean, I was literally starving in my own home when I say like I could not keep my food and water down. I remember sending Bailey a video when I was like five weeks and a couple days taking a drink of water and it just, it would just immediately come back up. And it's so mentally and physically exhausting to try to eat and everything just comes back up. Try to drink, everything comes back up. When you are trying to keep alive these babies in your stomach and yourself. So that's a huge major difference. It also is basically how much the nausea and vomiting interferes with your daily life. So with some bad nausea and vomiting in pregnancy, you can go on. With my first son, I still worked. I still taught pure bar. I lived a normal life, even though it was really, really hard. With this, I did not leave the couch for, I think, five weeks total, other than to go to the ER and the hospital. I was able to start getting up once I got my medication regimen fixed, which we'll talk about probably in the future here. And then it's also how much you're vomiting. So, you know, a couple of vomits a day is very normal with pregnancy. I was vomiting on bad days upwards of 40 times a day. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's just, it's literally nonstop. Headaches are also a major symptom. So migraines and headaches usually are mild with normal nausea and vomiting and really severe. So like I would be sitting in a dark room, you know, no lights, no TV, nothing. Couldn't look at my phone, which is very isolating. Along with traditional measures like medications and eating small and frequent meals, that will help nausea and vomiting in pregnancy. That does not help hyperemesis. You have to get on the correct regimen for you. And that takes a lot of working with doctors and figuring out what that is. And that was probably the most frustrating part about it is like everyone in my life was trying to help, but is saying like, have you tried ginger? Have you tried small flips of water? And I'm like, girlfriend, I literally cannot keep down a cracker. So no, I mean, yes, I've tried everything, but it's not going to cut it. Uh, it sounds like a stomach flu that never goes away. Like I'm like what you just described was we all had the stomach flu like last month. I just had it last week. Yes. And like four, but you know, mine was 12 hours and I thought like this was the worst 12 hours ever. And that yeah. sounds like what you just described never ending. 
that's actually how my mom describes it. So my mom had hyperemesis with both of us. She was never diagnosed, but it was very underdiagnosed, especially back then when she had kids. It's hereditary. Uh, There is a gene that puts you at risk for it. And she describes it as having stomach flu every day for six months. And that, that is what I'm experiencing. <laughs> that, wow. That's why when I did have the stomach flu and obviously we're friends, I thought about you literally the entire time because I was like, this, this is miserable and this is happening to me and for one day. Yeah. So yeah. I just can't even imagine what that is like. And I just feel my heart goes out to anyone who is experiencing or has experienced this because it's awful. Sounds awful. Personal hell, honestly. Yeah. And like, you know, you're in, you're in the industry, so you can do a little bit better of like saying the, you know, the symptoms and explaining it to your doctor. I can't imagine someone who's not educated like yourself trying to get treatment and diagnosis for, you know, because like, I mean, I know that there's some people out there who might be like, you know, I'm puking and it's like for to them, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I understand doctors see a lot, but like it's got to be frustrated to someone who's in your situation who is trying to get a diagnosis and treatment and maybe not getting what they need. I mean, I had trouble getting the correct treatment and I know what I'm doing and I'm in this field. And that's what's so crazy. I mean, I think I spoke with the triage nurse on the phone every day from weeks four through 12. Tiffany is her name. And, you know, I was like, listen, Tiffany, I need to see a doctor. And getting me through to the doctor was so difficult. When I was going to the ER, I was getting fluids all the time. I was like, I need a new plan. And then when I did finally see one of the physicians at my practice, we worked to get a correct drug regimen. And finally, around 12 weeks, I was able to keep food down and be somewhat of an active part of my son's life again. (laughs) That's hard. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's an excellent bridge into, so what, how do you treat it? Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of medications out there. The one thing that's important to know about treatment for hyperemesis is that they all treat the vomiting rather than the nausea. So you still feel sick and have that nauseous brain fog all the time, even with taking these medications. So like even talking to you guys right now, I still feel that lingering nausea all the time, even though now my vomiting is much more under control. Wow. So the kind of the first line medication is one that you guys have heard of. It's over the counter, Unisom and B6. That's typically the first thing that doctors will prescribe if you're having nausea and vomiting along with, you know, dietary changes that I know you guys have talked about and posted about on your page, which is awesome. So once that fails, you kind of move through the different nausea medications, which some of them have studies that show risks, which was really difficult thing for me to kind of know that there were risks to my babies, but I needed to do this to survive and to live. So with Baker, you know, I was like, I don't want to take Zofran. I don't want to take Promethazine. I don't want to take some of these, you know, more second, third line nausea medications because of the risks. But this time, the risk of starvation and organ failure was 
too intense to not take these medications. Luckily, I've had my anatomy scan. Everything looks perfect on both boys. Good. So it was worth it. And then a huge part of treatment also is fluids and potentially feeding tube. So I was getting fluids one to two times a week because of the severe dehydration with it. And I would honestly cry of relief the days that I would get those bags of fluids because then I didn't have to worry about trying to take sips of a drink and throwing it all back up. Mm-hmm. It was just the biggest relief that it's going in my body and I don't have to do anything. So um, fluids and dehydration are a huge part of it. You have to be hydrated for that nausea and vomiting cycle to get under control. Wow. And it's prob- it's different for every single person. Like what might work for one person, right, might not work for the other. Right. So the medication that finally ended up helping me is something called Reglin. It treats gastroparesis, which is the slowing down of the GI tract. So it helps speed up my GI tract and it treats hyperemesis as well. And that's what finally made the difference for me. So right now I still am taking Unisom B6, Reglin, and then as needed, I take Zofran and promethazine suppositories if I really can't keep anything down. Wow. Are you currently pregnant, postpartum, or beyond? Lucky for you, Fit Mom on 30 has an exercise and nutrition program for every stage of motherhood. And the best part, the workouts are 30 minutes or less. We know there are about a million online fitness options at your fingertips, but our science-backed and doctor-approved fitness and nutrition programs are designed to support you wherever you're at. From safe and effective pre and postnatal workouts to our 30 minute strength and cardio conditioning classes, there's truly something for everyone. Did we also mention that we have seasonal recipe guides to nourish not only you, but your entire family? Because let's face it, ain't no one going to be making multiple meals in my house. We know finding the time to exercise and eat well can be challenging once you become a mom. And that's exactly why we started Fit Mom in 30. We want you to find your groove again with fitness and nutrition, which is why you can try any of our Fit Mom on 30 programs completely free for seven days. And if you decide you want to stick with us after the seven days, you can get $10 off your membership. All you have to do is enter the code podcast at checkout. Marissa, how far along are you? I forgot to ask you that. 25 weeks. Okay. So you're due in... It's July, right? But technically, you'll probably go sooner. Right. So my due date, July 10th? I don't even know because they told me I won't go past June 6th with twins. Yeah. Wow. So you had mentioned there's, you know, a gene that makes this more prominent. Is Do they know why hyperemesis happens for some people and other people not? Is it specifically that gene or can there be other factors? Yeah. So risk factors, there are risk factors if your mom had it because it is hereditary. If you have a female fetus, if you have multiples, hi, it's me. (laughs) It's me. Hi. I'm a girl. (laughs) And this gene is kind of the first gene that's been found that we really know this condition exists. And it's huge in the hyperemesis research field right now. It was actually just on the cover of New York Times two weeks ago, which is huge. 
the leading doctor that found this gene. Her name's Maria Fezjo. I might have just completely butchered her last name, but she had hyperemesis. And with her second, she actually lost the baby because of starvation and heart failure. Oh my goodness. But she made it her life's mission to figure out this work because so many doctors dismiss women when they come in with these concerns. And she made it her life's mission to figure out this is real. I will fix this. And she's still working on, you know, getting the exact genes and exactly what's going on. But the gene that they found also is what causes nausea and vomiting in cancer patients. So it's nausea and vomiting in cancer patients you think of typically as very severe as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a similar sort of feeling, honestly, from what I've gathered. Oh my goodness. And it sounds like you really have to advocate for yourself as if you're experiencing this to your physician, to your medical team, because they might dismiss it and say, oh, it's probably just from the pregnancy. It'll get better over time. Right. I had one doctor say to me, oh, it'll be better with twins by 14 weeks. And I was like, okay, by 14 weeks, if you don't treat me, I will be dead. So we need to, we need to do better here. Wow. But I'm lucky that I had the medical background. Like I feel like I'm a lucky hyperemesis patient because I have my husband who allowed me to stay at home and he's kind of taken over all kid duties in the morning and bedtime. And then he works all day. And then my mom helps me with my kid during the day. So the fact that I can rest and lay down, which is a huge part of hyperemesis and making sure you're able to function is huge. So I have the medical background, I have the family support, and that's the only silver lining here other than getting these babies out. I can't imagine not having that, what that would feel like, not having the support. Like, I don't even know how people get through that. I'm in a support group, which I highly recommend to anyone that does go through this, even people with severe nausea and vomiting, because it can be so miserable. During pregnancy, joining a support group was huge because there's really very few people in the world, it's only three to 5% of pregnancies that have experienced this. I remember writing into the group when I was six weeks pregnant. When I watch TV or look at my phone, I throw up. Is this normal? And I had so many comments saying, yes, it's normal. It will get better by this time. And just like having those people to relate to is so nice. And not having anyone say, did you try taking some tablets today? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I did. You're not helping me. Ginger is actually bad for hyperemesis patients because ginger on an empty stomach is can make oh. more nauseous. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's actually higher than three to five percent? It just hasn't been like it's the awareness isn't there. Yes, I do. I I would say it's probably more like ten percent if I just had to make a guess. But um, it's definitely underdiagnosed. And if you have any friends that have experienced severe nausea and vomiting in pregnancy, you know how terrible it is. And I feel like everybody has that one friend that you're like, ooh, her pregnancies are so rough, you know? 
Poor Marissa. I know. I think of you like, I mean, honestly, the first time that I saw Marissa was what, two weeks ago? I hadn't seen you like this whole, since like the summer. I didn't see anyone. Yeah. I didn't make the world. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of like leading to our next question. Like when you are going through this and it can feel really isolating, like how, how have you gotten through? Like, how do you, what's your advice to people to stay positive and like, get through it because it just sounds so challenging. Yeah. 25 weeks is a long time. Yeah. No, I feel like I have made it this far and I can make it longer, but I have worked with a therapist through this. And I honestly, at the first appointment, I kind of stumped her, which I've never, you know, really stumped a therapist before, but she was like, anyone else, I would prescribe antidepressants in this depressing, isolating time, but you can't keep it down, which I couldn't at the time. Like my medications needed to be dissolving on my tongue or up my butt, which is mm-hmm. so exciting. It's the reality of it. It's the reality. Yeah, it, it's a sad reality. But I really just feel like knowing that you have that support group has been the biggest thing for me. And my family members and friends have been great about things. Anytime they're out at the grocery store or at Costco, what can I grab you? Does anything sound good? That's such a helpful thing to someone with hyperemesis. My aunt made my mom and husband and baby dinner for three months because they were just worried about taking care of me and my kiddo. So if you can bring someone dinner, that's super helpful. And just little things like that make you realize how lucky you are and can get you through each day. I mean, positivity is hard during this. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And that's kind of one thing that the support group made me realize is that it's okay to be a negative Nancy during this because it is really, really the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's just about surviving one day at a time. And those days when are so long when you can't watch TV. The only thing I could do is listen to music and sit in the dark, those really bad weeks five through 12. And I mean, I never thought I was going to get out of them, but here I am, you know, and in the support group, people write about that all the time. You have people writing, I don't know how I'm going to make it through these early weeks. And then you have people posting pictures of their beautiful newborn baby saying, you can do this. And I like cannot wait to make that post of my two twin boys saying like this group helped me get through this and you can do this. You can make it through those hard weeks. I meant to ask this early. Does it, will the feeling of nausea go away the minute you deliver? Like, is it that fast? For most patients it is. So I, I do think I had a mild case with my son that went undiagnosed and I, right when I hit active labor with him, I started throwing up uncontrollably until he was out of me. And I felt instantly better. Like I felt like myself again, the nausea cloud was lifted. I swear my acne cleared up overnight. Like I felt so happy to not be pregnant anymore. And my best friend brought me a coffee the next day, which I didn't drink all pregnancy. And I could drink it. It's just like, it is life changing. And then you have this new little baby that you get to, or two, take home with you. (laughs) 
You're, you're working to a very, very happy ending. Yes, yes. I'm like, and I've done it once, even though it wasn't this severe. And I know I can do it again. Now, this will be my last time. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you're getting three. You're getting two for one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a fun deal. It's a deal. You got a deal. They're going to be so cute, too. Baker is oh so God. cute. They're going to be, I bet, I wonder if they'll look like him. I hope. Because <laughs> yeah, he's darling. Oh, Marissa, what do you think needs to be done? Like, I know we're obviously us talking about this, but like, it just sounds like, I mean, I, before we scheduled this podcast, I knew what it was. I didn't know the details behind it. I didn't know how bad it can get, but like, what do you think needs to be done? You know, Bailey and I talk about so many topics for just female health in general, and especially pregnancy and postpartum that mm-hmm. don't get talked about. Like what needs to happen to bring more awareness to this? Cause I feel like it's from what you said, even someone in the field had that you had that trouble getting a diagnosis, that much trouble getting a diagnosis. How is the average person supposed to do this? I seriously have thought about this question so much. And the fact that that New York Times article was on the front page was huge because I hope that every OBGYN in the United States and internationally, because there's international people in my support group as well, read that and feel really bad for dismissing a lot of females' concerns with nausea and vomiting because the awareness is just not there right now. These women are suffering in silence at home, starving in their homes like I was, having frequent ER visits. And until you find a doctor that is really educated on hyperemesis, you're just not going to get the proper treatment. So we need more awareness with journal articles and studies to show these doctors, hello, help us, you know, even with nausea and vomiting in pregnancy, it's miserable. People are miserable during pregnancy and it's just not treated as it should. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Marissa, for sharing your story and opening up and being vulnerable. I think this is going to help so many women, whether you experience it or not, just knowing about it might Mm -hmm. help someone else in the future. You know, if someone's going through it, a friend, you can say, Hey, like I heard this, like, what are maybe talk to your doctor about this? I mean, so I really appreciate you coming on and opening up and telling your story. Cause I do think that this is very important. It's not talked about enough. And that's why we even started this podcast was to talk about subjects that you don't hear much about. Yes. So we really appreciate you coming on here. And as you know, every time we have a guest on, we Mm -hmm. ask him this final question, which is what is a messy mom moment or moment that you can think of? And if you can't think of one, just overall, what advice do you have for mamas to embrace the messy in their life? Which I know that you probably have some. Yes, my big boy is as um, hard as he is cute. So he's he's a difficult little kiddo. But one messy moment that I have recently kind of relates to hyperemesis, I guess, was the stomach flu. I know we all recently went through. It's going around. Going around like crazy. So my kiddo woke up in the middle of the night with it. In like the four weeks that I was feeling pretty decent during this pregnancy, And I ran in there, picked him up. He threw up on me. My stomach is still very weak. So I start throwing up. Oh, no. You know, the stomach is just not 
I am who I am right now. I this is on the horizon. And so I'm screaming for my husband, like screaming like you would think there is a murderer in the house. Oh, gosh. He is a very deep sleeper, that sweet, sleepy man. They, they all are. Yeah. He does not, he does not hear until I am like literally screaming, getting closer. We're both barfing. Like it is, it is a mess. It is messy. And he gets up and he's like, who is barfing? Like, it doesn't matter. We both are. Can you just grab something or hold something? So, um, yeah, my, my sweet husband, medical stuff is not his jam. There was barf everywhere. Oh, that is a true messy mom moment. You're like, the real question is, who is it? And it's you. So help me. You're not the one barfing, so please grab a child. Get your butt and get in here. Do something. And I remember you saying, you were like, you know what, though? The stomach bug doesn't even touch hyperemesis. Didn't you say that? Yeah, it doesn't because you know what? With the stomach flu, you get that relief after and there's no relief with hyperemesis. It's just the consistent, persistent nausea. So I was like, I am living when I have the stomach flu. Get some relief from this nausea. Oh, man. Well, Thank you again, Marissa, for coming on. We wish you nothing but the best. We hope that this pregnancy just continues. You start to feel better and better. And you don't really have that much longer, right? We always talk about that. Like it's, yes, yes, it's coming up. And we just know that it's going to be such a good moment for you in a lot of different ways. And I have to, I have to commend you on your attitude. Like, yeah, I she just, has an amazing attitude. For you to even agree to come on here and then to like, you just, I mean, I love your sarcasm and your personality and to still have that knowing that for 25 weeks you've been suffering sicker than a dog is mm-hmm. to me is pretty amazing. Well, thank you. I, I do my best, but I, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not always this positive. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you're sitting here right now and you probably feel a little nauseous, right? Like, don't you feel that all the time? Oh, yeah. It never, like, is completely gone. Oh, man. Well, girl, hang in there. Hang in there. We got you. You're there. We got you. Thank you so much, Marissa. We are going to link that uh, New York Times article about hyperemesis in the show notes um, so that you guys can listen to it. And if you have any questions about this topic, please don't hesitate to ask. There is also going to be a blog on this topic on our website, and you'll be able to listen to this podcast on the website or any where you listen to your podcast. Share it with friends. Please subscribe. That's going to help other mamas find us to learn how to embrace the messy in their lives. Until next time. Bye, ladies. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You can find us on Instagram at fitmomin30. That's F-I-T-M-A-M-A-I-N-3-0. And let us know what you liked about this episode. We love hearing your feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show on our website, www.fitmomin30.com, along with our programs for prenatal, postnatal, and beyond. Until next time, bye mamas. Bye.